This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. Welcome. Welcome, my children of the night. To Bluesome... Bo- Damn it. To Bosom Bloodies. <laughs> We have, not know. we have talked about Blade in the past, but not on the last episode that we posted about Blade Two of Guillermo del Toro is so good that would would have been a perfect. But, Blade Two is always my least favorite. Oh, it's your least favorite? Uh, you know, what's your favorite? Three? Get out of here! <laughs> the first one is my favorite, obviously. Okay. <laughs> so I did appreciate three more than two, and it could have just been because I had it on DVD. So like, mm. you know, I had it. I watched it a bunch of times. I liked it. Um, I don't understand why people get the hate, but yeah, <laughs> one, three, two is uh, my order of Blade movies. Uh, it goes two, one, three, right, clearly, and then, and then the- TNT series all the way at the end. I didn't, yeah, yeah, I didn't even watch an episode of that, but I think it does. If we didn't talk about it, there's maybe a follow up episode. There's a subgenre of uh, the the monsters as good guys and as superheroes mm-hmm. that I don't know what happened, but somehow I, I strongly remember it growing up. So maybe it's like a 70s, 80s thing where uh, we wanted to position the monsters as the protagonists. And so there's a there's a ton of media around, around that. There was some... Yeah, I mean, oh, as recently as today, Loki, he's the yeah. he's the villain and, and now he's the hero of his own show. Oh, um, Godzilla. Godzilla used to be the big bad and now she is the hero. Yeah, uh, she is. Well, specifically with the universal monsters there was a a show called monster squad there's a movie called monster squad that i told glenna she has to watch but there's a show that starred fred grandy gopher from love boat and it was the the monsters of superheroes there was um a a animated cartoon in the 90s uh where the and there's like in the comics there's creature commandos and marvel had howling commandos there's just like a whole bunch of um, we're gonna make these guys the good guys and in some cases the the idea is they're making up for their ancestors' uh, flaws by, you know, doing good in the world. Anyway, that, that's... So, that, so fun that... fact about me, I um, I was a film student at UNC Wilmington, um, but then I started working at the studio Screen Gems down there and decided, I was like, I don't want to do this as a <laughs> um, But I wrote a pilot for a TV show um, during my studies, which you just described. It was called Van Helsing and the Scare Squad. And it was literally like the descendants of, um, you know, those monster guys. And now they're a superhero team. Um, (laughs) Exactly what you just described. (laughs) Yeah. You wrote the pilot? Did you, was it like finished? Did you shop it anywhere? No, nothing like that. I was just in a screenwriters club (laughs) on campus and, you know, we workshopped it, um, but it didn't go anywhere. I mean, Glennis and I know some local actors. We can do a stage reading. Yeah, if you, if you ever want to, you know, hear it out loud. <laughs> I don't know I about that, but I appreciate the offer. <laughs> there we go. That's another episode of Buzz and Bloodies. We're going to have a stage reading of Van Helsing. And the, the Coming up on our next episode. Shall we begin? Start recording! Let's get started! All right, awesome. Glennis, you want to kick us off? Sure. Well, actually, can you kick us off? Because I've gotten so used to you introducing. Oh, and then sure. I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to Bosom Bloodies. I'm Kale. I'm Glennis. And today we have some exciting news. We have a, uh, I'm, I, I told you to do it and then I started, and I started doing it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Can we do that again? Sure. 
Hi, welcome to Bosom Bloodies. I'm Kale. I'm Glennis. And I'm is, Jason. And this is the How to Halloween All Year Long podcast. One of the best Halloween podcasts around. One of them. Yes. Today we are joined, as you heard, by Jason Tapp. Jason, do you want to give any of our listeners who haven't heard um, about you yet kind of your quick introduction? Sure. So yeah, my name is Jason. I have a fun little Instagram account called Spooky CLT, where I talk about Charlotte and Charlotte area ghost stories, haunted history, um, anything that falls underneath that spooky umbrella. I'm doing my best to to shed some light on it um, for people to enjoy. It's an excellent account. Definitely check it out. Yes. So how did you how did you get into that? What's the genesis of Spooky CLT? The genesis. How did uh, Spooky CLT get started? Yeah. So I I moved to Charlotte about eight years ago. And um, I was always told that Charlotte has no history or culture, which I which I fell for at the time. And then my my now wife and I, one of our first dates was on a Charlotte ghost tour of Uptown. And I realized that Charlotte does, in fact, have history and it does have ghosts. So me being a lifelong horror fan, a supernatural fan, anything spooky, um, I decided that I was going to try to chronicle all Charlotte ghost stories and spooky aspects and make them available to people on Instagram. And that would be my contribution um, to Charlotte culture. Amazing. And how long ago was that? 2018 was the was the first year I made the account. Um, and I've posted almost daily since then. <laughs> oh, wow. Amazing. I'm committed. I know. When I found the account, I was like shocked that I hadn't been following you yet. So I had all of this backlog that I got to go through. And I really appreciate the piece that you kind of touched on, which is the account and then also your podcast that you and your wife have recorded um, that's about North Carolina history. It like encourages curiosity about you know your community in Charlotte specifically, which I think, like you said, it's kind of easy to be a hater and say... There's nothing worthwhile here, but your account definitely <laughs> proved that that's uh, that's not the case. Yeah, I agree. Charlotte does have a, a transplant um, reputation, which is true. I mean, I myself am a transplant. Mm -hmm. um, but if you want to, you know, put down your roots here, if you want to call Charlotte your home, um, you do have to put in a little effort to to get to know it, just like anything else. So whenever someone says Charlotte has no history, no culture, is boring. I'm like, you're just not trying hard enough. Um, it's a two-way street. Yeah, 100%. Kale, how long have you been in Charlotte? Uh, well, my father was the <laughs> son of a sharecropper. No, uh, my whole life. I lived here in North Carolina my whole life. Anyway. Oh my gosh. I, moved around we have, North Carolina. But. I should know that. I should know. I should know that about my my co-host. Um, cool. Well, I um we to kind of not to jump around too much, but before we get down kind of the path of Charlotte ghost stories and lore and kind of the projects that you're focusing on, um, obviously you have an appreciation for Halloween this time of year. Um, so can you share kind of what it is you love about Halloween or a favorite Halloween memory or thing that you love about this time of year? Yeah, sure. So it, it's it's funny. It's one of those things where I've never identified myself as a like Halloween person, um, <laughs> you know, until this account kind of gains a reputation. Um, and now looking back, the signs were, were absolutely there. Um, <laughs> You know, I, I've been a lifelong horror fan. My name is Jason. Um, <laughs> one of my first, like, you know, one of my first memories um, was like as a kid, less than five years old, watching that scene of Friday the 13th where um, Jason Voorhees like busts out of the, the stairwell in that house. Um, 
and it terrified me. And my older brother, because I'm the youngest of four boys in our family, um, he named me and he always told me that he named me after Jason Voorhees. So I always had that that connection with it. Like I said, I'm the youngest of four boys. So I was watching um, horror movies on VHS, like as little as elementary school when I got a a VCR player in my room. Um, I've always been into horror things, um, haunted houses, things like that. Um, Yeah. And it's 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 always been a, a, a part of me like you know even when I was in a it just popped up on my time hop the other day but like even when I went to school at UNCW like I'm the one who organized a, a pumpkin carving um, group activity for when I was on a, a sports team um, and stuff so like I've yeah I, it's just always been a part of me but now like people identify me as as the spooky guy um, right. it's like, and, and it feels natural yeah. uh, for who I am I just got my first tattoo on the first of October so on my back shoulder I now have a Jason Voorhees mask um i saw that it looks amazing thanks and then like in the in the top little red v section of his mask um in roman numerals has my wife and i's uh marriage um date which was friday the 13th 2020 um because our our wedding was all screwed up because of covid and we ended up actually getting married on halloween 2020 from like a courthouse wedding on the the friday the 13th to like the real in-person wedding um the next october wow that's dedicated right there right glennis you're gonna have to step it up you're gonna step it up glennis (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna have to get my first tattoo yeah yeah on the october 31st how about that (laughs) yeah so also for charlotte people listening can you say a little bit about because i love and i mean hopefully everyone who listens to this will go check out the account so this is on there so you don't have to go at about you know on about it at length but you got the tattoo in a haunted tattoo shop yeah so spellbound salon on monroe road um Sometime last year, I got an influx of people um, DMing me on the Instagram page saying that staff there had been talking about how they've been experiencing hauntings. So I reached out um, to to the shop, talked to the owner. She gave me the the spiel. Um, my wife actually checked it out by getting her hair done there first, mm-hmm. um, made a made a post about it. Other people agreed that they had experiences there. And then, you know, I had my first tattoo on October 1st and I got to hear the stories for myself. Nothing spooky happens while I was there unfortunately um but but she filled me in that it's a you know the house has been around since the 1920s the previous owner um her and i actually found was buried across the street and the the cemetery that's over there and she told me that since they've been they moved in and they were doing renovations to turn it from a house into the salon um the owner was pissed and he was like tossing things off the walls um she was afraid to sleep there at night because she would hear like people arguing when it was just her and her ex-husband in the house um and now even current staff are afraid to stay there after dark um so it's it's continued but they're learning to live with it that's wild Kale, have you had a paranormal experience yeah i had several the house i used to live in was from the 1920s and i moved in by myself and there was a couple times that i woke up and was just like frozen and uh felt like there was somebody standing in the doorway but nothing oh my gosh nothing like consistent and but and it, you're after like, I, like there was just a demon holding me down and that, but that's it well because <laughs> like, as soon as i told people about it i'm like you're not gonna believe what happened and they of course didn't believe they're like well it sounds like you're afraid to be there by yourself i'm like okay i guess i guess that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> jason what about you i know i listened to um I forget which interview you and your wife did. I know she's sensitive to kind of that energy. Are you, have you had experiences? So yes, um, but overall I'm, I'm skeptical of 
So like when stuff happens, I'm like, well, it could have been this, this, and this. Um, but there are a few times, it happened in Savannah. My wife and I were staying in a hotel and um, I woke up one morning, saw this woman at the foot of our bed, at least her silhouette. And at first I thought it was my wife, um, even though the, the silhouette would not match her, but like, you know, who, what other woman would be in our room. And right, then you know, as, I'm, as I'm waking up and I'm here in the shower on and I'm hearing my wife moving around in the shower, I'm like, shoot, who's in our room? As my eyes start to adjust, there was nothing there, um, which was pretty spooky. And then even even more recently, it's happening in our, in our own house. Um, I've been hearing people say like, hello to me um, over my shoulder. But I will say that with a um, one-year-old in the house, I'm sleep deprived. Um, <laughs> so I think that could be a part of it. But like, it was it was convincing. Um, and my wife has always had experiences in our house. It never happened to me. And like, as soon as this happened to me, she instantly started like, doubting me and gaslighting me and i'm like are you come on like i've, I've supported you all this time with your stuff um and now it's happening to me and you're like eh, is it really though how about you glennis i'm i'm knocking on wood because i don't want to um you know call anything to me i'm a big i'm a big respecter like i i respect the spirits and acknowledge that there are things around us that we don't understand i haven't had a encounter of my own um, we did a creepypasta last season, which is when I was a kid. Um, we had a friend sleeping over whose mother had passed away. And my dad, uh, we were all like sugar high and like very excited and playing in the house. And he kept having to come in and tell us to be quiet. And like the fourth or fifth time that he had to do it, like he heard us down in the kitchen, like cutting things. And he was like, that's enough. And he opened the door to our room and we were all like asleep. Um, and then the next morning, our friend, um, was like, oh, my mother was like making sandwiches uh, last night. She comes with me wherever uh, I go. And my dad, who is not, who is a total skeptic and a not believer, uh, is the kind of keeper of this story and was like very afraid. <laughs> so <laughs> I believe, um, and I, but I haven't had many experiences and I'm okay for it to stay that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> I respectfully believe like we moved into our house and we did the smudging. Like I went to every room and was like, Whoever was here, I respect your time in this house. Please let us have ours. Don't get me. Oh, that's um, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> just trying. Just trying to stay stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm interested in what is coming up this uh, for the account and for you. Like, what are you looking forward to here at the end of the month? So it, it's funny, like, just like this podcast, um, I do Halloween year round. Um, so or, around the time of October, I kind of get like so overwhelmed with stuff. <laughs> I, <laughs> I go a little numb trying to make sure that like I do as much as possible. My my big thing that I wanted to do this year was actually this past Friday the 13th. It was my event at the, the historic Lada Arcade, which is this old hundred plus year old building here in uptown charlotte mm -hmm. um i hosted a uh like a ghost tour slash history tour of the building and paired with the area paranormal group the caps charlotte area paranormal group and then they did like a they led some smaller investigations um in the building um so that was like my my big thing that i accomplished and now i get to enjoy 
the rest of the year as like a spectator. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, I when I saw that event, I I was traveling this weekend, so I didn't I didn't get to go, but I couldn't help but think like this was like the perfect like your history as a storyteller, filmmaker, and also in like hospitality. I'm like this is like the like a great meeting point of those skills for you, you know. And I'm like, not to put pressure on you, I'm like Jason should like run like a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> like, like some sort of like ghost tour like preservation society or like I mean you're working with them so that's what you are doing but I thought it was kind of cool how that's all kind of all your experiences kind of come together in this sweet spot truly though because the, the reason I had access to the building is because uh I'm the property manager um so in my career I I work in property management I have um seven different buildings all over Charlotte Lada Arcade being one of them uh so I I got that position at the beginning of this year, instantly started, you know, learning about the history of the building, talking to the tenants. And as soon as I saw like a narrative forming, I'm like, man, like I need to tell people about this. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, October being a few months out, it having a Friday the 13th, I was like, I, obviously I need to do something. Um, I try to have an event every Friday the 13th. Um, and, you know, I needed uh, some fundraising money as well because I have a side project where I am restoring the headstone of a man who was killed by a lion here in Charlotte in 1918. And in Elmwood Cemetery, he has a headstone that says Charlie Hawk killed by a lion. And it is currently broken into three different large pieces. So I've taken it upon myself to raise the money to get it fixed. Um, so this is like the Alada Arcade event was a fundraiser to, to help me with getting that headstone restored. So every all the pieces kind of just fell together where I felt like I had to do this particular event. Yeah, that's awesome. I think that's, I just think it's cool to like, you know, kind of walk the walk instead of just talking the talk. I have a couple of questions, follow-up questions about that. Okay. Um, if people listening now want to help contribute to restoring the headstone, where can they go to do that? SpookyCLT.com. SpookyCLT.com. You'll, you'll see Charlie Hawk killed by a lion. Um, there I have like a little bit of the history of exactly how it happened, the news articles affiliated, and then I redirect everyone towards the the Elmwood um, Cemetery page because they have their own angel society in quotations where if a headstone needs to be restored and the family is either, you know, long gone from Charlotte or just not affiliated with the um, the grave plot anymore, then you can donate to have specific headstones restored. So with that being said, like um, they are spearheading the project to get it restored and I'm just raising the money for it. So it's not a not a scheme or anything like that. <laughs> cool. And my my second question, which kind of came out of part of what you were saying before um, with a lot of arcade site since you're the manager is that like a protected building now like because i know a lot of people talk about you know charlotte doesn't have old buildings mm -hmm. and structures how like if, if we want to preserve those things how does that happen or yes so it is it is a designated landmark mm -hmm. so there are going to be renovations coming to the building soon and every everything that affects the the things that make it old um have to be approved by the historic society or the historic landmark commission gotcha. um, the certificate of appropriateness so with us one of the things we're trying to fix are um the the building has these on tryon street has these glass doors um with the handles that keep falling off so we are trying to replace that whole front facade with these big metal like old-timey looking art deco 
um, doors uh, to install to add to, you know, it looking like a historic property, but to also be a little bit more secure than it currently is. Um, and that's something that we needed to get approved before we um, continued anything in the design process. Got it. Uh, and, and then going off of, you know, being concerned about old buildings and things like that, um, certain things are protected if it's a historic landmark. Um, but I, like, I'll i be the first to say that things don't necessarily need to be protected just because they're old. Mm-hmm. Um, Charlotte is a, trying to be a world-class city, so we're going to need new things. Um, some Some old buildings are nice to look at, but they aren't safe. So it's some things do have to go unfortunately. Right. We don't need to be making more ghosts. <laughs> no, I'll take all the ghosts I can get. Oh. <laughs> did, um, you learn, did you learn nothing from Poltergeist? The ghosts don't leave with the building. You know, um, I'm, I'm really excited because with that comment, um, the Carolina Theater yeah. had ghost yes. stories affiliated with it. Um, Fred the ghost over there, it, you know, different people would say he, if you snapped at him, he would snap back. If you were closing, turning the lights off on the stage, while looking at the, you know, where the audience would be, you can see someone standing in the audience when, you know, a person would know that they're alone. Um, different types of hauntings like that with their new million dollars renovations um, coming to an end pretty soon. I'm excited to see whether or not Fred has hung around to see the new property or if he if he's gone with the, the old bricks that they carted away. Me too. That building has always been when I got here, it was, you know, kind of shuttered and you still had the old pieces to it. So I'm I'm curious about that as well. So at the end of the day, you completely believe that this theater is haunted. Oh, I know it is. I know of 21 spirits, most of which I have names for. So as an expert on spooky things in Charlotte, uh, if somebody wanted to go see something or do something this Halloween, what what's your top recommendation? Top recommendation? You know, as as a millennial, um, that's the scope that I look at. So the, one of the first things I did was make a self-guided bar crawl in Uptown. Mm-hmm. So that would be the first thing I recommend to people. It starts out at the uh, the Dunhill Hotel on Stry- Tryon Street, which is coming up on its hundred years of being in Uptown. It's one of the oldest hotels. Um, definitely haunted. If you were to go have a drink at their lobby bar, um, it would be hard to find a staff member who has not had their own experience. Um, other other bars on that crawl would be Reraw's Haunted Irish Pub, mm-hmm. right across the street, where they believe they have a haunting of um, uh, a schoolgirl who actually will write the ABCs in chalk on the the bricks of the building, and you can actually see them there. <laughs> and then there's there's things like Dandelion and uh, Connolly's, which have ghost stories affiliated with them as well. Um, and then if you, if you're coming to Charlotte and you're looking for like spooky spooky things to do, um, I would also send you to Curio Craft and Conjure and Mac Tabby Cat Cafe on North Davidson, the neighborhood Noda. Not only is it like a witch store next to a cat cafe that always has a bunch of black cats on hands, but the the stairwell to get up to the building is also haunted, where a lot of people who walk up or walk down those stairs will hear someone like one or two steps right behind them and feel someone breathing on their neck. Oh no, that, yeah. oh no. <laughs> the, 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 the shop owners for Curio Crafted Conjure, which is like a, a magic shop, they say that it is the spirit of the store. It's a man and he's doing that out of respect to make sure that uh you know people are taken care of as they're walking down the stairs okay so it's a happy ghost yes yeah i don't know if they're just saying that though to make sure people could still come to the the (laughs) store (laughs) 
Right, um, the fine line. Yeah, and and yeah, I mean, I could, I really could go on. Um, uh, on my account, I have um different events that are happening this October. But if if you look at the ghost story section on it, you can see um dozens, dozens of things here in Charlotte, and and hopefully you see something that strikes your fancy. If you're not into drinking, you can find something else. Um, there there's plenty, plenty of spooks around to to keep you interested. Yeah, you got a good mix of uh spooky and spoopy kind of fun things. And oh, I hate that word. <laughs> the s-p-o-o-p-y i don't know where that came from um but that's like what moist is to other people that is that word to me. it needs to go back from whence it came right <laughs> you have an alternative what do you what's your stick with spooky man <laughs> if it ain't Just... spooky or nothing i like it something strange in your neighborhood who you gonna call Um, Glennis pointed me to your account. I noticed that Queen City Comedy did a festival and there's a picture from our festival. We had the Ectomobile as well as like a guy dressed as a Ghostbuster and they had lights and everything. It's a ton of fun. Yeah. And, it's, yeah, go ahead. You could imagine how happy I was to be walking <laughs> my lunch break and seeing the, the Ghostbusters car uh, right there on Tryon. That made my day. So I appreciate you putting that out there. Yeah. I uh, he, Your post got more likes than ours did. So. <laughs> I'm pandering though. If, if they're following me, they already like that stuff. <laughs> well, very cool. Anything else that you got coming up that uh, people should look forward to? Anything past the spooky season? Um, per- perhaps I, I always volunteer at the um, the Drop Dead 5K, which is a 5K that goes through Elmwood Cemetery. It in itself is a fundraiser for you know keeping Elmwood looking safe and pristine. Um, Elmwood is like the largest cemetery in charlotte and it has this beautiful view of uptown if you're in there it's where my buddy charlie hawk who was killed by a lion that's where his um his gravestone is uh so that would be a a big thing but i actually have a a question for you you work out of comedy zone frequently i would imagine right yeah um is it haunted i haven't heard any stories okay but i can uh i can ask the staff because i've heard that the fillmore is um and that there's been like stories of like metal bands playing out of the fillmore sacrificing (laughs) goats in the back um i mean i've done some shows up there that uh, were kind of like a ghost town but not (laughs) not in a spooky way (laughs) um jason have you ever read anything about the history of uh the site of theater charlotte um theater charlotte no wait is that the house one where it's out of the house or remind me which one that is? Um, it's over on Queens, right, Kill? Uh, yeah. It's in the it's in the old Cherry neighborhood. It's on the site of um, an old graveyard, actually. There, okay, there we go. No, this would this would be new to me. So what do you got? Um, um, well, there's more there. It's kind of like a long history and story, but there apparently is a theater ghost um, in theater Charlotte that most people who've performed there have had some sort of um encounter or sound um or like a disturbance to production when i did a show there are it was like the dead of winter and all the pipes froze in the bathroom uh, <laughs> uh but yeah it's that's exciting there's um a, a woman in charlotte her name is Cher lambeth and she is a docent at the rosedale house the rosedale plantation on Tryon, uh-huh. and she's one of the the main people for the charlotte area paranormal group and she wrote a book um called haunted theaters of the carolinas where each chapter is a different theater in north and south carolina um she she references the the theater here the one at i think queen's university um but i don't think she mentioned 
Theater Charlotte. So I will have to do some research and make sure she's aware of that. <laughs> cool, definitely. Yeah, Cher would be a great uh, guess. I did a show with her where she was a Sasquatch expert, and then we did improv based on Sasquatch questions. Yeah, she she is a cryptozoologist. Um, talking about spooky things, Charlotte area does have its own group of cryptids. Um, cryptids being uh, creatures of either legends or science fiction, almost where they there's been sightings, but not they have not been proven so things like bigfoot sasquatch uh, mothman chupacabra <laughs> in charlotte we have the lake norman monster uh normie as normie? locals have called yeah. him the the lake itself is man-made but it is does house a nuclear reactor and then if you've been in the um in the area for a while we know that the catawba um, were a river tribe so there's some lore from them that, uh, that goes along with possible river monsters, which would now be stuck in the largest man-made lake in North Carolina. Mm. Uh, the, the Wampus Cat has been reported in the, the Charlotte-Mecklenburg area um, in the past. If you look at old Charlotte Observer articles from like the 50s, you'll you'll see policing uh, police officers having interactions with a larger-than-life cat, things like that. But more the recently, and the Wampus Cat. I love uh, that name. <laughs> right? Um, and then more recently, something that I've have come across is there is a podcast on the Queen City Podcast Network called The Katie Black Show. And Katie used to do live shows out of Rhino Market and Noda. And I went to one of them, and she interviewed both of her guests, and she always asks them, you know, have you ever had anything unexplained happen to you? And both guests that day who have never met each other did not plan this and they didn't know I was in the crowd, really. Both of them said that they experienced driving in Charlotte or walking in Charlotte and seeing a cat creature turn into an owl. Um <laughs> Both of them. So then when I posted Whoa. about it on my account and on my TikTok, other people in the Charlotte area or this area of the state have said that they, they have also had interactions with, with um, a cat that has turned into an owl or vice versa. So we're, something's happening here. Um, and I'm hoping the more I talk about it, the more likely I am to find someone who has caught it on camera or, you know, caught it in their basement or something. I don't know. But if you have seen a, a cat owl hybrid in or around Charlotte, I want to hear about it. That would be incredible. Right? It's not every every day that a, a new cryptid drops. Yeah, truly. <laughs> There's no new Bigfoot or anything like that. That's very cool. That would make a much better mascot than uh, bobcats or hornets. I disagree. So do you know why we're called the hornets here in Charlotte? <laughs> I do. Uh, I vaguely do. It uh, has to do with the hornet's nest, right? Yeah. So, um, Gwyneth, do you want to say it? or? Well, I would like you to, but I the reason I know is because I went and listened to your episode um, of the old North State podcast. So please give the give the uh, Cliff Notes version and then people can go listen to the full one. Yes. So Cliff Notes version. So here I am actually um, sitting in the sixth floor of a building on Tryon Street, looking out over Tryon Street, where the Battle of Charlotte happens during the Revolutionary War. Uh, Cornwallis came into town. He is like the old fat white guy from the Patriot that uh, Mel Gibson talks to and steals his dogs. He came to town and was instantly met by musket fire from the local militia. And despite having hundreds of soldiers behind him, they actually held him off for more than three volleys. Um, and then once Cornwallis took over Charlotte, none of the residents were happy with them. They were consistently harassing him and the soldiers in the streets where he got to the point where he referred to Charlotte as a hornet's nest of rebellion or something along those lines. Uh, so we have taken that to heart. Charlotte is now referred to as a hornet's nest. And then on top of that, um, adding to the, to the lore of that, 
right down Beatty's Ford, there was McIntyre Farm. And when Cornwallis was low, um, running low on supplies, he sent out pillaging parties to steal from the locals. And when they got down Beatty's Ford to McIntyre Farm, um, about 300 of their soldiers um, were pillaging this farm. They accidentally knocked over a, uh, a bee's nest and the bee's nest caused so much chaos that a local militia nearby was able to capitalize on it and start shooting people. And 13 colonists were able to defeat over 300 um, you know, British affiliated soldiers with the help of a bee's nest. And now that we're taking a liking to stinging creatures, it's uh, referred to as a hornet's nest in lore and the battle is called the Battle of the Bees. So there's a theme of hornet's nests in Charlotte. And then adding on to that, we have our fair share of um, different escalated protests to, to try to get the, the locals interested in what's going on. And that's the, the hornet's nest story. I love it. So with that being said, hornet's nests, uh, the hornets for our basketball team needs to stay just so I can keep telling that story and it's relevant. <laughs> no more flip-flopping. <laughs> yeah. You gotta be stay buzz city. Well, and something that you said too on your, I think, I think this, you said this on the podcast podcast and it's like the reason why there are the um like nests on all the cop cars yeah which I like, it was one of those things where I, you know, I see cops all the time. It was like an image I saw every day. And then I listened to your podcast and I was like, oh my God, that's like a thing I'm taking for granted or like not even really seeing. Um, and it kind of was like this little like anecdotal, you know, moment of, oh, Charlotte, there's no history or story. And it was like, no, there is. You're just not, yeah, you're not paying attention or you're not curious about why there are wasp nests on every cop car you see. Yeah, it's, it's the same for historic markers um it'll be yeah. engraved in the placards and then you know city buses it, it really is all over the place um in fact there there was a um like a a meeting of the minds to talk about what we should do with james polk park it's that water feature at the corner of trade and try mm -hmm. and i it's been demolished the um the park is no longer there but they had like a public meeting about what should we do with this park and my suggestion was having like a hornet's nest fountain on there right smack dab in the center of the city trying to get that that visual um even more in your face yeah because then yeah it's going to click for more people that um that is something that's that's part of the narrative of charlotte and then next thing you know someone's explaining to you about the battle of charlotte and you realize that there was a revolutionary war battle in our uptown area like what do you mean we don't have history <laughs> yeah uh, yeah, so Charlotte, it, all the framework to be a historic spooky city is there. We just need to work on the narrative and shoving it down people's throats a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. A well-established cat owl wouldn't hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I'm showing my owl cat spirit. Yeah, I'm really hoping someone catches it um, in their backyard or something. <laughs> fuse it with a possum and, you know, next thing you know, it shows up on the news. <laughs> Wait, did you say fuse it with a possum? Oh, no. Confuse it with a possum. <laughs> <laughs> You know. Now we're dipping into Frankenstein territory. Yes, yes. I, I liked your uh, your Frankenstein episode about Mary Shelley. Thank you. Just listen to it. Yeah, we're, we're trying to do a little uh, hallowed history, too. Yeah, there was a brewery in Noda called Bold Missy, and they had a Mary Shelley-themed beer. Um, the brewery is no longer there, unfortunately, and I miss it regularly. Yeah, if anybody deserves a beer named after them, it's Mary Shelley. What a life, man. Right? Whew. 
Oh, also on the on the the note of you know Charlotte affiliated thing, there was just a movie that came out called The Angry Black Girl and Her Monster, and it's a modern retelling of Frankenstein. It was filmed here in Charlotte. Yeah, I think I know um, one of the actors. I think Tracy Frank was in that movie. Um, Tracy, if you're listening, um, yeah, I need to. I need to check that out. Yeah, I still haven't seen it. My plan is to rent it from Viz Art Video in Eastway. It's the last movie rental store um, in town, at least. I don't know about North Carolina. Uh, yeah. Yes, it's also the largest uh, video store on the East Coast. Heck yeah. Nice. Uh, They're doing um, lots of allegedly. shows and stuff there. Oh. Yeah, they've got actually um, an interact some interactive theater happening uh, coming up. Mm-hmm. Staff have a uh, claim to a scene an apparition of a uh, walking feet without a torso over there. Ooh, so the next are... time you're there, see if uh, you see any ghosts. I'll be there November third. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> Keep an eye out. <laughs> this is for next year, Glennis, but we really missed an opportunity because we've um, Queen City Comedies partnered with Vizart to do uh, kind of movie mockery where we. Uh, watch a movie and talk crap about it. Um, So we just did Mac and me, but it hit me, man. We should have done Teen Witch. Like Teen Witch would have been Uh, a perfect one. So next year, Teen Witch, visit our video, and we'll recreate the top that dance at some point. Okay, I'm in. All right. Well, I have one more question for... Or two more questions for Jason before we say goodbye. Yes. Um, is our state beverage still milk? Yeah. Okay. I haven't been Kill. able to overturn it to cheer wine yet. Kill, did you know that our state beverage is milk? I did not know that. This is one of the many things you can learn going to Spooky CLT. Um, and the and, Old North State podcast. Yeah. Award-winning where, Old North State podcast. That's where I heard I heard that. Um, and Jason, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Ooh. Um, right off the bat, I would say Reese's. But I okay. have a theory that... I don't know if it's just me growing up, but like they don't taste the same lately. I don't think Ooh. like the consistency is off um, the past two few years. Kale is all that's also kale. So kale, do you agree? Uh, I haven't noticed, but I like the. I'm going to start a conspiracy that that's so something's happened to the Reese's. Yeah, I need to get to the bottom of this. But yeah, that's my that's my answer. Favorite candy is Reese's, um, although I'm onto them. Mm. This is uh, like Halloween three season of the witch. Instead of masks, it's Reese's that have been tampered with. And uh, everybody's going to uh, change on Halloween night when they eat their Reese's. Ooh. Oh, speaking of Halloween the franchise if you guys ever do an episode about like the latest trilogy i have a lot of thoughts so i want to be on that um episode with you absolutely yes i love it's one of my favorite things to talk about the way that the franchise branches off into different uh, it's, it's yeah. the original multiverse it's the original multiverse multiverse of, of Halloween, Halloween or michael's yeah <laughs> cool well thank you jason appreciate you joining us yeah thank you so much everybody Go check Jason out at Spooky CLT on Instagram. And like his picture of the Ectomobile.